This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome if you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willy for you. And my program is called Body Matters. And the reason it's called Body Matters is because we chat about the body of Christ, you know, what we're busy doing. And there's so many people that are um, involved with different kinds of ministries, different kinds of, you know, um, programs, even when it comes to community programs. So that's a little bit about what we do at Body um, Body Matters. But today I am going to be chatting by myself. I don't have a guest in the studio. And the topic I really want to talk about today is what is faith and how do you activate your faith? So just to jump right in it, um, let's look at what is faith. You know, just according to the average dictionary, if we look at the Oxford Dictionary, it says faith is putting your complete trust in someone or something. And if you think about a synonym for faith, it's the word believe. So when someone talks about faith and you think, what is faith really? Faith really means to believe. So I want to just tell you a little bit about what is faith in a nutshell. You know, where do we get faith? How do we get faith? How do we keep the faith going? You know, so many of us, I find at times you walk a road with Jesus or you you become radical and somewhere in your walk with him, you kind of find, you know, you, you just don't have the faith. Like, God, are you there? You know, are you are you there? Are you listening to me? Um, you start questioning your faith. And I just want to give you a short testimony of one day when I was walking in the mall um, and I was on holiday and I felt just so dry, spiritually dry. And I said to God, God, I'm just at that place where I'm seeking you and I feel so far from you. And, you know, God is so faithful. He always talks to us. And I remember at that moment when I was thinking that um, a girl walked past with a T-shirt, a black T-shirt on it, and the back of her T-shirt, it said, keep the faith. So my message today is keep the faith. You know, the minute we accepted Jesus in our hearts, we took the first step of faith. You know, we chose at that moment to put our trust in an unseen God and believe that we were saved. You know, none of us, um, before we knew Jesus, has seen him. We, we, we only heard about him through other people or through other people's testimonies, or maybe we were invited to church or somewhere. But at that moment, when we took that step of faith, it's really putting our trust in an unseen God. And we confessed it with our mouths and proclaimed it out loud, um, you know, that, that we want Jesus to be part of our lives. And so in Romans 10, 9 to 10, it says, If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe it, Okay, so confessing with your mouth and believing, and I said believing is a synonym for faith, in your hearts that you are made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth 
that you are saved. You know, getting saved is actually so simple. It's a matter of proclaiming it with your mouth and believing it. So today it's about believing, proclaiming, and how. What is faith? So faith, first of all, let's jump into what faith is. It's a gift from God. Ephesians 2 Eight says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. So it's, it's through faith in Christ that we are saved. It also says that faith does not come from us, but from God. So you can't produce faith. Faith is not something man produces, but only God produces. You know that God has chosen each and every one of us. He's the one that gave us the faith, the ability to believe. You know, in our own strength, we cannot believe. And in John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go out and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Okay, so if I look at this, Scripture it says God chose us so that we could bear fruit that will last, and whatever we ask Him, He will give it to us. Now, you know, faith is a principle. So, one of the most important principles in God's kingdom is faith. You know, when we belong to Jesus, we belong to the kingdom of heaven. We no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness. The minute you've accepted Jesus in your life, you belong to the kingdom of light. And you know what? We have access to the spiritual realm through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. You know, when we belong to Jesus, he gives his spirit to us. And that spirit is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We are connected with Christ because he lives within us. And this principle of faith does not longer focus on what is seen with the eye or the physical eye, but it's focused on a higher and more powerful being than ourselves, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we give our lives to Jesus, we're not just spiritual. Um, we're not just not just human in the sense of natural, but we're also supernatural because we have a supernatural spirit inside of us and our focus becomes more on the spiritual than on the physical we become we become focused on the spiritual realm and we put our trust in something far greater than ourselves instead of this world and in Romans 117 it says the righteous will live by faith now according to this without faith we cannot please God we can only live by faith. When we give our lives to him as Christians, we are the righteousness of Christ. And faith becomes the new lifestyle of the righteous. So what is faith according to the word of God? Let's, let's quickly look at that. Let's read the scripture in Hebrew 11 verse 1 that says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is hoping and trusting for a good outcome, even when we can't see the physical evidence of it yet. And faith is to be totally convinced that something we are hoping for will materialize, even when in the natural 
it has not manifested yet. So let me focus, just go back on that scripture and then we're going to take a short break and then I'm going to elaborate on what is faith. Okay, so let's start again. Hebrews 11, one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So let's take a short break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in now, it's Alana Oily for you with my program called Body Matters. And I've just been chatting about what is faith. So what I'm chatting about today is really what is faith and how do we keep the faith? And, um, you know, how do we activate our faith? So I ended off with a scripture in Hebrews 11, 1 that says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I said, so faith is hoping and trusting for a good outcome, even when we can't see the physical evidence of it yet. So faith is to be totally convinced that something we are hoping for will materialize, even though in the natural it has not manifested yet. So can you see that in order to have faith, we need hope? So what is hope? Hope is the state of mind that believes and desires a positive outcome in our situation. And hope is determined by what we choose to believe and visualize in our minds. You know how powerful our minds are. The Word of God says that um, so a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. So you think, you know, so you visualize, so you choose to believe that will come to pass. And if we think about it, the verse of ice of faith is the building blocks that produce hope. And it's, in a, and it's a reassurance that it will come to pass. So you know what? Just going back, we cannot produce faith. Only God can produce faith. But we, God, God actually gives us a, a way in which we can activate it and how we can actually keep it. So what do we need faith for in this world? Why, why um, when we saved, we need to live by faith? So you need, as, as children of the king, we have now privileges and rights that we never had before. We got saved and unlimited resources available to us from our Father in heaven. We no longer belong to this world. We belong to the kingdom of God and we've become, in the kingdom of God, we become dependent on our Father and not on the world for our provision and needs. We live in this world, but we no longer depend on this world. If we look at uh, Philippians 4.19, it says, The Lord will supply all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And even in the Lord's prayer, this is what the Lord says. He said, we should pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. So in other words, let those things that are in heaven manifest on earth. And this means that we have now access to heavenly things. The minute you become a child of God, it's not about the natural, it's about the supernatural. It's bringing what is in heaven to earth. You know, in heaven, there is no lack, there is no sickness. You know, there is abundant provision. There is no hopelessness. There's no sadness. And God is saying, yeah, when you become a child of God and you live on this earth, you have access 
to everything that is in heaven. And how do we bring that which is in heaven to earth? You see, as money is the currency of this world, faith or believing becomes our currency of obtaining the things that we need from our Heavenly Father. Believing equals receiving. You see, when we pay for something in the natural world, we expect to get what we get paid, what we paid for. And therefore we ask the Lord, therefore, if we ask the Lord for anything and we have faith, which is our currency, we should also be expectant that he will give it to us. What we have asked for according to his will. You see, we can ask God for things that we want, but God will always give us what we need. You know, sometimes we pray for things and, you know, if our heart and our motivation and our desires don't line up with God's will for us, you know, he will only give us those things that will benefit us all will be to our advantage. So let me quickly just look at prayer because prayer is supplication. And obviously when we are trusting God for something, we need to pray, we need to ask and then we need to believe, which is the faith. That's where the faith factor comes in. But there are certain things in our walk with God that also hinders um, the fact that we don't get what we receive. And so I just want to look at one scripture. It says sin also hinders us from receiving from God. And there's an example in 1 Peter 3, 7 that says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. You see, sometimes we are trusting God for something and we're not receiving it. And it could be, you know, many things. Um, maybe it's not the right timing. It could be maybe it's not what God has in mind for us because God's ways are not our ways. He says his ways are higher than our ways. And then there are sin. There's another a scripture that I was just that came to mind where he says, it's because of your sin, I haven't answered you. You know, so sometimes we have hindrances in our lives that block that thing from coming to pass. So in Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. You see, the key is seeking to live a righteous life so that whatever we ask him, he will give it to us. When we are in right standing with God, our prayers carry weight. And um, James five sixteen says, the praise of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Um, just another thing that comes to mind with regards to praying and faith. The Bible says those of you who are sick, go to the elders of the church so that they may lay hands on you. And I know that's also in James 5. And it says, then the prayers of the righteous will cause you to be healed. And um, and I always wondered why the elders of the church, don't we have enough faith? But sometimes we don't have that faith. So it's the faith that brings that thing which you are looking for or seeking for to come to pass. And I just want to read a few scriptures just to confirm this. In Matthew 18, 22, it says, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. 
So what is the key? You can ask me, but if you don't have faith, faith is to trust and to be totally convinced that God will do it, then you can't receive it. And in Matthew 5, 34, it says, Jesus said to the woman, you are now well because of your faith. And in Matthew 9, 29, it says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. So faith is such a key role when we pray, when we petition. You know, even in Matthew 13, the Lord could not even perform miracles in Nazareth. He went to Nazareth. But the people there had so much unbelief. They never had the faith to receive the miracles from him, even though he was prepared to give it to them. You know, so faith must be an important key for us to access that which we need to receive from God. I do believe that Lord that the Lord can perform a miracle without faith. I mean, he's greater than our faith. But I believe that he's also interested in our heart's attitude and the willingness to receive from him. And I also believe that faith shows our dependence on our Heavenly Father. So how can we exercise this faith? So I'm going to go in a little bit of detail later on, but let's just touch on a few things. You see, our faith develops and strengthens as we walk and spend intimate time with Father God and His Word. You see, it's the Word of God that is the truth. And remember that faith is produced by standing on and believing the Word of God. Now, sometimes the enemy will come in and maybe you're, you're sick and the enemy will come in and you will say, you know what, what if, what if you don't make it? What if God won't heal you? Maybe whatever, you know, the enemy will come in with so many lies. Why? Because he doesn't want you to have faith. You know that when the enemy comes with anxiety and fear and, you know, those things are all um, the opposite of faith. And the reason why the enemy brings in that fear, those thoughts, is because God knows that we need faith if we need to overcome, if we need to walk in victory. So in Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. The more we spend time in the word, in the Bible, listening to sermons, spending time in his presence, you know, listening to worship music, spending even time with, with godly people, our faith is built up daily and the word of God becomes a truth in our lives. You know, that it, it's the truth that reflects the truth from the lie. It, the word is like a double-edged sword cutting through marrow and bone. It discerns between a lie and the truth. So when the enemy comes with lies, you know, saying, you know what, you're not going to make it or whatever. But when you've got the word of God and you see no, God says his heart is to give us life and life in abundance. And all of a sudden, when you start reading the word, the word starts giving you hope. It starts um, building your faith. And 
you know what, faith is what overcomes this world. It's our faith. You know, faith is not based on our emotions. You know, sometimes we become so emotional. We are so down. We're so anxious. We're so fearful. We're so depressed. And we believe at that moment that that is the truth. But I want to say that faith is not based on emotions, but the truth. We must never allow what we are feeling to dictate our truth. Our emotions will always fluctuate, but God's word cannot be shaken. God's word is like a strength. It's the, it's the unshakable word. It's the truth. No matter how you're feeling in your situation, no matter what turmoil you're going through, get into the word of God because that is the truth. Let that truth override your emotions. You see, faith is when we line up our thoughts with God's thoughts. And meaning that means what he says about your situation. You know, causing us to believe what he says about our circumstances or situation so that we may be fully convinced thereof. The more you start reading the word, no matter how you feel, the more hope you have. And I said, faith and hope go hand in hand. You know, um, when you put your faith in action, you know that when we are, faith produces peace. That's what I wanted to say. Faith produces peace. The minute you start walking in faith, you will experience peace. And that peace will always be your guide. So when we walk in this kind of faith, we'll experience his supernatural peace. It's a knowing that we are operating in his will. And whatever we are asking him for will be done. I don't know if you've ever experienced this where everything seems like it's chaos around you. The, the results at the end don't look good, but you just have this absolute knowing that everything is going to be fine. And I remember um, just adding to the story where a friend of mine phoned me and her sister was in hospital and yeah, it didn't look great and everything. And all of a sudden I started praying and praying and the Lord just said to me, she's going to be 100% fine. She's going to do everything she's done before she, you know, was quite quite sporty and, and everything. And all of a sudden, that, that anxiousness, that fear left, I just had a knowing. And um, when I went to go and pray for her in the hospital, I just anointed her, prayed for her. And when she got completely healed, and today she's doing everything that she um, did before. And it was the faith. God had given me the faith. Just the knowing, and, and you can't describe it because everything in the physical doesn't look great. But that is the kind of faith that God gives you in the midst of a storm. And Isaiah 26 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. You know, faith is also an indication that we are completely trusting God in the midst of our storms. And then lastly, putting on the shield of faith. If we read Ephesians um, 16 to 18, it says to put on the armor of God. Now, one of the armor of God is to put up the shield of faith. So the minute we are walking in faith, we are already um, got our, our faith shield up. 
and it quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith gives us the supernatural ability to overcome the enemy and to walk in victory. It's our faith that overcomes the world. Now, I believe that the Lord wants to take us on new levels of faith. You know, I believe that the Lord wants to take us to a point in our walk with him where our faith is without doubt or waver, being totally convinced that he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power that's in work in us. It's in his power. That's in Ephesians 3.20. You see, God can take us as far as our imaginations or vision can take us. You know, when you have hope and you have faith, you know, you can visualize your future, visualize your victory. As I said, your mind is powerful. So a man thinks in his heart, so he'll become. What you're thinking, what you're believing, what you're visualizing, that can come to pass when you have faith. You see, it will only give us according to our measure of faith. Therefore, we need to dream big. The word says that we do not have because we do not ask. And that is in James 4 too. We must not limit God in what he is able to do in and through us. You see, the Lord needs us as humans to accomplish his will on this earth. And that is why we need faith. We need faith to be able to bring heaven to earth, to be able to walk in the miracles that God has for us, to bear witness to others. And in 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So why is it important to have faith? Because without faith, we cannot overcome this world. Without faith, we cannot receive anything from God. You know, we are, despite all these things, um, it says in Romans 8, 3 and 7, overwhelming, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. It's only believing in him. And when I think of faith, it's being totally reliant on God, trusting him. And I just want to read Matthew seventeen twenty that says, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know that we have the authority in us. Nothing is impossible for us because Christ Jesus lives in us. But in order for us to move mountains, in order for us to accomplish anything through him, we need faith. And even as small as a mustard seed. So at times we struggle with our faith. But isn't it encouraging knowing that even when we have a little faith, as small as a mustard seed, God can still use us. He can still do the impossible. And I want to read Mark twenty three twenty four that says, Everything is possible. For one who believes, immediately, it says, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. And I love this scripture because sometimes, like I said, we don't always have the faith. In our own strength, we can't produce it. There's just times like, I don't know, I really don't know what to do. I don't have the faith or the ability to trust or believe God for anything. And it says here in 2 Timothy 3, 13, it says, if we are unfaithful, when we are struggling with our faith, God still remains faithful. 
since he cannot deny himself. God is still faithful. He doesn't give up on us when we are struggling with our faith. See, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He knows we're weak. We're only human. And, and as I said earlier, we cannot produce faith. Faith is a gift from God. So at least we ask him, Lord, I'm struggling. I need the faith to, to be able to walk through this situation. I need the faith to believe that you will do it for me. But he will help us if we call out to him. Even with, as I said, if we are faithless, the Lord continues to be faithful towards us. And he is the perfecter, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the Lord says the work that he started in you, he will bring to completion. And I believe that faith is progressive. You know, the more we spend time in the word of God, the more we um, obey him, the more we see miracles take place, the more we trust him. Um, I believe our faith grows. I believe faith is progressive as we mature, as I said, mature in him. And just lastly, to end of this section, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, God is saying you must believe that he's real. And if you ask him anything, he will give you what you ask because you have faith and you cannot operate in the kingdom of God if you do not have faith. So let's end off there and then I'll come back in a few minutes and we can talk about how we can activate that faith. Hi, this is Alana and this is Body Matters. And if you've just tuned in, um, I've been chatting on my program today about faith and how we can activate our faith and what is faith. And that you know that without faith, we cannot please God. So I want to talk a little bit about how the word of God, how we can actually pray and declare the word of God to activate our faith. Because sometimes we believe, but in order to believe, we can't just sit and do nothing. Believing and having faith is not passive, but it's active. So I just want to encourage you a little bit more about how to push in, how to to stand on that word of God, how to stand on on your faith. And I just want to read um, or just touch on Genesis 1, where God says he created mankind in his own image and he created them male and female. So I just want to say if we are created in the image of God, then we have the same attributes as God. You know, if God's word, you know, God spoke things into existence and if God's word has creative power to create something out of nothing, then our words have creative power too. You know, it says life and death lies in the power of the tongue. You know, we can either speak and prophesy when we speak about our lives or our situations. We are actually, in, we are actually prophesying over our circumstances, over our future. And when we speak those things into the atmosphere, we speak those things into existence. We need to be careful what we say 
about where we are. So this is how we slot in with faith. So if we are trusting the Lord for something, you're trusting God for a breakthrough. And, you know, so we need to now, in order to walk in faith, we need to line up our words and our actions with what we are trusting him for. So even if we don't see the outcome yet, we speak as if we have already received it. And that is in Romans 4.17, which says, Call those things which are not as though they were. So it doesn't mean we have to lie about our circumstances. Maybe we're sick or whatever. But a good response could be, I know that the Lord is going to heal me. If God says he's going to heal you and you're not healed yet, you can't say, oh, I'm feeling dead tired or, or, you know, whatever. I don't know if I'm going to make it. No, you're going to have to line up your words and say, you know what? I'm trusting God. I know you will come through for me. I believe that everything is going to work out. And so we need to line up what we say with what we are trusting him for in order to stand on our faith. You see our words, as I said, um, in your faith is the things hoped for and the assurance of what we do not see. And that is in, in Hebrews that I read earlier on. We may not be seeing the results of the outcome yet, but we are standing in agreement that it will come to pass. The more you stand in agreement what you, what you believe God is going to do or what you want God to do. Um, you are um, basically not being passive, but active in your faith. As I said, having faith is not just being passive and just hoping for something to manifest. It's being active, speaking and calling those things into existence as if it exists. You see, we need to know what the word of God says about our situation. So whatever situation you find yourself in, you know, whether you might be sick, whether you need um, financial breakthrough, whatever you're fighting for, whatever you're trusting him for, find scriptures, go through the word of God, take out the scriptures with every word in the, every word in the word of God is a promise. It's God's heart, not just for one person, it's for all of us as believers. Go find that word, go meditate on it, declare the word of God out loud. If you are sick, declare it over your body, declare it over your future or your situation, whatever it may be, because there's power in the tongue. The word is powerful. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And in Hebrews 4, 12 says, the word of God is alive an active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now it says here, the word of God is alive. It's alive. So when you speak it, you're speaking life. And the word penetrates every area of your existence. Let the word which is God become active and alive in your circumstances. Um, and if we read Psalm 103, 20, it says, Bless the Lord, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, you know, Jesus has assigned angels around us. And those angels are activated when we declare the word of God. It says that 
in Psalm 103, 20, um, verse 20. So speak the word of God into your situation so that the angels can accomplish or be activated to do the will of God. I mean, here's an example in Daniel 10, 12 that says, Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in an answer to your prayers. So this is an example of the archangel Michael who came to help Daniel because he was assigned to his prayer request. And I also just want to say, even hold on to the promises and the prophecies that the Lord has given you regarding your life and the situations that you're trusting him for. You know, put the Lord in remembrance when you're trusting God. And um, like, for instance, with me, just to give an example, when I was really feeling I was sick at, at one stage and, you know, I was really didn't know what was going on. I had so many things going on, going to doctors. And, you know, the enemy comes in with what if, what if you're not going to make it? What if you've got this and you're going to die? What about that? But I remember many years ago, the Lord said to me, he gave me a promise. He said, you will live to see your children's children. Now, my children are still at school. They, some of them are moving out. And at that stage, all my kids were at school. And I thought, okay, well, I'm believing I'm dying, you know, because that's where I'm at. This is what the enemy is throwing at me. But I could take out that word and I could fight. And I could say, no, the Lord said, and I believed it. I will live to see my children's children. I'm not going to die. And so when we hold on to those promises and when we meditate on that, it strengthens our faith. Because why? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. So it builds up your faith. Stand on the promises. Remind God of his promises. And 2 Corinthians 1.12 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. You see, the Lord will not lie to us because at the end of the day, it's his name. He will not be untrue to his own name. You know, all glory and honor belongs to him. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, it says, do not treat prophecies with contempt. This means that the Lord wants to take, wants us to take prophecies seriously. Because why? You know, the prophecies are words spoken by man but it reflects the Lord's heart and purpose for our lives. That's God encouraging us, God showing us how he sees us, God already preparing us for the future. In Isaiah 55, 10 to 11, it says, The rain and the snow come down from heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, and it produces seed for the farm and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. You see, God's word will accomplish that which it says it will. You know, God has got the final say in our lives. And then another thing, it says never, never stop praying. Keep seeking God for that which you are wanting, that breakthrough, that child that you're praying for that needs to turn back to God and and this parable about this widow that comes to the judge and this judge is not even a good judge and she basically nags him 
every day. And this judge ignores her for a while. But finally he says to himself, I don't fear God. I don't even care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. And I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. And then it says, then the Lord says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he renders a just decision at the end. So don't you think that the Lord will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who has faith? So what I'm saying to you is keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on speaking those things into existence. Hold on to your faith. Keep that faith. Never, never give up. Never stop praying. Trust the Lord for your healing, whatever you may be contenting him for. You don't know when it's the when the breakthrough will come. Don't stop before your breakthrough. <laughs> don't give up. There are many times in our lives when we don't know what to pray for. You know, sometimes you've prayed so much, you've given up, you don't know what to pray for, you are drained emotionally. Then pray in the Spirit. It says keep praying in the Spirit. The Spirit knows what we need to pray for, even when we don't pray. Praying in the Spirit should be part of our daily lives. And um, that is in Romans 8, 26, 27. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worthless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You know, sometimes the things we are trusting the Lord for, you know, doesn't always manifest immediately. Or sometimes He does not give us, God doesn't always give us what we, we ask for. But I want to tell you at the end of the day that the Lord is ultimately in control of our lives. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. All we need to know is that God is good. He's all-knowing. And He has our best interest at heart. And God works all things out for those who love Him. So just keep trusting Him. And I just want to end off with that. And I just want to pray for you. You know, some of you might be at this point where I was when I was standing in that mall. I said, God, I don't even have faith. You know, do you exist, Lord? I've been serving you. I've been trusting you. Nothing's happening. And where God just once again just speaks and he says, keep the faith. So I want to pray for you if you're there. So Father God, I lift every listener up to you right now. You know, where their faith might be non-existent, Father, or just so low. Where they feel, Father, that you are far from them, that you haven't heard their prayers. You know, knowing when are you going to bring this to pass, God. I've been begging you. I've been praying. It's been years. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to them. I pray that you'll answer them. Father, that you will strengthen their faith right now 
give them that extra measure of faith or even that little faith as small as a mustard seed father that they can hold on to you god give them that hope ignite hope in their hearts again knowing that you are good knowing that no matter what it might feel like at this stage that you are still ultimately in control even when they feel that they are faithless at the moment thank you that you are still faithful you will not give up on them father so daddy i thank you for every person today father let the joy of the lord be their strength let them experience your hope once again father that they may turn to you that they may experience you know father you've never left them never left them and ignite that fire in them father to never stop praying never stop knocking and that they will believe that you are who you say you are and you are a rewarder of those who seek you diligently father thank you father god i pray that you'll bless them today in jesus name amen so thank you so much for tuning in i hope that this word has really encouraged you i hope that your faith is on the next level and i just trust that you will have a good week and i'm looking forward to chatting again and 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 um, to you guys next week at the same time and y'all have a beautiful and blessed week from yolana olifi goodbye insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za